This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This is the Rays Radio Network. Swing it up, pop fly, shallow right. Charging Margot. He is under it. And the Tampa Bay Rays have just won the American League pennant. For the second time in franchise history, the Rays are on their way to the World Series. Welcome to Countdown to Opening Day. There's a swing and a drive right center field. Back and it goes. Bats to the wall. Get out of here. It's gone. And it's a record-setting ninth home run this postseason for Randy Arozarena. Coming up, we sit down with Rays players, coaches, and front office executives to discuss the latest news in Rays baseball. Swing it a long drive, deep to left field. Going back is Gardner, all the way to the wall. It's gone! A home run for Mike Brasso. The Rays have taken a 2-1 lead and sweet justice in San Diego. Now here's your host, Neil Solons. Great to have you along with us. The Rays are taking out the Atlanta Braves today, and so nice it is to see fans in the stands once again and to be back for baseball after the Rays went to the World Series a year ago. Certainly a different look. Fans have to be uh, distanced from one another. They're in small pods of two or four. Uh, There are tents outside both dugouts so that the reserve players that are not starting also are not too close to their teammates, and there isn't that bunching up. But we are here, and we are ready to go, and it's great to be kicking off the baseball season today on a really picture-perfect afternoon in Port Charlotte. The position players for the Rays, pretty much the same as they were a year ago. And for those of you who heard our open with Randy Rosarena, certainly his return is one of the biggest pieces of the puzzle for Tampa Bay. And it's also his 26th birthday today, and he is in the lineup. But he won't be our guest. In fact, the Rays have made a number of changes with their pitching staff, and that's what we'll be focusing on in this first episode of Countdown to Opening Day. We're going to chat with Stan Borowski a little bit about the look of the bullpen and the use of the pitching staff overall, and we'll be uh, chatting as well with the Rays' most highly leveraged returning reliever, and that being Nick Anderson, who obviously has had two tremendous regular seasons with Tampa Bay since joining him coming over from the Marlins. We'll do that when we come back. We're at Charlotte Sports Marketing City for the Rays and Braves, and we come back with Stan Borowski right after this on Countdown to Opening Day on 95.3 WDAE and the Rays Baseball Network. Neil Solon's with you from beautiful Port Charlotte as the Rays getting set to take on the Braves in the first spring training game of 2021. And well, a lot's been made nationally of the pitching staff having a different look this year. No Blake Snell, obviously, no Charlie Morton. But certainly a lot of really interesting additions to the group. So I asked bullpen coach Dan Borowski how much confidence he has in the group that's returning. Oh, a high degree of confidence. Uh, a lot of the guys are coming back uh, that were here with us last year. And there's no reason to think that they're going to go backwards in some of the things that they've accomplished last year. If anything, I expect them to be even that much better, given the experiences that they've all had. Uh, a lot of young guys were in the playoffs for the first time and get their feet fled at the big league level and accomplish what they did. I think is just going to be uh, beneficial to uh, uh, the entire group moving forward. Now, normally, Stan, I'm talking to you about the bullpen specifically, but in such a weird year that's coming up, going from 60 to 162 games, other than maybe a couple guys, is almost every pitcher on the staff potentially a guy who could start or relieve? 
Uh, no question about that. I think one of, the, one of the things that we're trying to convey to everybody is that the traditional starting, relieving, you know, take all of that stuff with a grain of salt because it's hard to tell who's going to get the ball when in a lot of the games that we play this year. So, you know, instead of having a specific role, just try to embrace the fact that uh, you're, you're one of several pitchers on the staff that is going to impact us as a group. And regardless of the role that you're used in, it's going to be a very important role, uh, whatever you want to call it. And embrace that and run with it. And uh, it's been successful in the past. And I'm, I'm very confident that it will be successful in the future. You guys have a great reputation, you and Kyle Snyder, about the communication you have with the pitchers. But it's even more important this year than any other to have really great communication because of what you just described? Uh, yeah, we have, we have to let them know what's expected. We have to make sure that they're ready, make sure that they uh, have done everything that they've had to do to get themselves ready for the game. And the feedback afterwards and going into the next day, uh, all we ask from them uh, from feedback is to be honest with us. And, you know, if you need a day, tell us you need a day. And we're more than happy to give you that. Uh, if you tell us you're good, well, we're going to take you as your word of that too. And whenever your name is called, let, uh, let's go. And uh, we'll take it from there. But yeah, communicating is the key to everything. Because one thing we don't want to do is ever catch them by surprise with anything that we do. One of the guys or, or of the guys that you do have back from last year are really your three biggest leverage relievers. Uh, Pete Fairbanks, Diego Castillo, and Nick Anderson. How important is it to have them back, and how valuable are they to the group? Well, they're going to they're going to set the stage because uh, obviously it's really it's so important how you how the season starts. And given their track record, they are going to get the ball first. I mean that's that's the group. Those are the guys that are going to be in the highest leverage situations the earliest in the year. And if if they come out. Uh, throwing the ball well, if they're doing everything that, that uh, we expect them to do, then I think the success of the entire group will just uh, mirror what they do. Yeah, very, very important. It helps to have leadership too. And you did got the team did sign Chaz Rowe back this week. How valuable is he? And then also long term, how important was it to get Oliver Drake back? I know he won't be ready probably till mid season ish, but to have those two guys back, one now and one later. Well, they stabilized the whole group. Uh, their presence down in the bullpen, just uh, giving some of the younger guys uh, a, a face to talk to, uh, somebody that's been there and done that, somebody that's been around for a long time, and uh, just the stability that they bring in their day-to-day -day, uh, work habits, you, you know, and just taking the ball uh, whenever they're asked, whatever role they're asked, that, that's an example, and they are, they are such good leaders. By example, um, neither one of them, you know, is going to jump up and down and beat their chest and all that kind of stuff, but both of them, just watching how they go about their business and the way they talk to some of the younger guys, um, it, it's pretty impressive. And over the course of time, you really see how important those types of guys are. And you guys have added some more veterans uh, with Colin McHugh coming on this week, Pryor, Rich Hill, and Michael Waka. Have you gotten to know those guys at all? And, and how valuable can those guys be in terms of their experience, but also the different ways that they pitch? I think their value is going to come from a, a lot of the young guys watching how they go about their business. They're proven major league, they're proven successful major league pitchers. And, you know, you talk about those three guys and they're all very different in how they go about doing what they do, but they're all successful doing what they do. And being able to watch those guys and know that, you know, that they've had success in the league uh, doing it different ways. Uh, it just gives the, the younger guys uh, who we're going to lean on a lot 
you know, just somebody to talk to, somebody to watch, and uh, somebody to emulate uh, as they're going through their routines and, and seeing that, you know, it, it's not everybody is successful the same way, but there is a way to be successful if you just have to figure out what it is. Speaking of finding out a way to be successful as a younger guy, Ryan Thompson, I thought was a really valuable pitcher in your bullpen the further the season went on. How has he looked this spring and, and how could you see him evolving and growing this year? Well, I think you're going to see him in higher and higher leverage situations. And I think that we're finally, I mean, last year uh, was his first year coming off of uh, Tommy John. And the year before in 2019, uh, everything that he did was scripted. So last year was his first year back from the surgery, really taking the ball whenever we asked him to. And I think over the course of time, uh, he kind of uh, got a little bit tired, you know, but I think this year we're, we're finally seeing a healthy Ryan Thompson with the successes that he had last year and the situations that he was in. I, I expect him to just build off of that. And uh, it's very exciting to finally have him 100% healthy. You know, he and so many others provide a lot of different looks in the bullpen. How important is it in today's game with the talent of the hitters that you guys are facing, especially in this division, to be able to go from, let's say, a left-handed curveball like Rich Hill to a right-handed side armor like Thompson and maybe a guy who's a little more over the top with greater velocity with that elevated fastball in a guy like Nick Anderson to constantly keep teams off balance with every pitcher bringing something different? Well, I think every hitter will tell you that the more familiar that they are with the pitcher they're facing, the more comfortable they are. What we try to do is not ever let the hitter become comfortable and being able to throw all those different looks at them, you know, picking the ball up from different angles every time they come up to the plate. It's like a, a new learning experience. And the numbers would back that up. The more times you see a pitcher in any given day, uh, the more likely you are to get good swings off of them. And we just try to minimize the amount of times that they see our guys and uh, that way minimizing the number of good swings that they get off of. Uh, but, uh, yeah, very important. And, uh, you know, Kevin does a great job of mixing things up and, you know, making the right call down there. Our view of spring training this year is obviously very different, Stan, due to the pandemic. Last year, the race had Brian Thompson, who I mentioned, John Curtis, Aaron Slagers, Ryan Sheriff. A lot of non-roster guys eventually helped because of the injuries. So who are some names that you're seeing now that could pop at the beginning of the season, but also as the year goes on, may have a chance to really have an impact on the pitching staff that maybe we're not talking about. Well, you're looking at guys like uh, Jeffrey Springs. Uh, Cody Reed uh, is healthy again. I think he's going to impact us. Uh, Dietrich Enns, uh, Brian Moran, Ryan Sheriff, I think is going to play a bigger role this year. Uh, Chris Mazza, Shane McClanahan, I think is going is to play a much bigger role. Fleming is probably going to break with us. Uh, which would be tremendous. And then you have guys like uh, Brent Honeywell, who is finally healthy again, and we're really excited to get him back into the mix. Uh, Shane Boz, another young prospect, uh, 21 years old, who we are super, super excited about. So you never know. Uh, uh, Andrew Kittredge is back, and Kit had some success with us in the past, and uh, really super excited to get him back. So uh, there's a lot of names uh, that are going to impact us, and they, they say it takes, a, it takes a village to raise a child, but um, it takes an entire pitching staff. It's just not the 40-man roster guys that we break with that are going to impact this club. I mean, it, it, it happens every year. If we don't have 20, 25 guys uh, that are major league ready, then we're going to struggle. But um, we have every bit of that. And i uh, really looking forward to some of those younger guys getting their shot. Dan Borowski, that's the Rays uh, bullpen coach. You can really can't call him a bullpen coach because the pitchers are going to be used so differently this year. But it'll be intriguing to watch throughout this camp goes how some of the arms evolve. 
Um, and how many of these guys helped them? Remember, the Rays, uh, it was two years ago, the last full season, Tampa Bay used a record 34 pitchers during the course of the season. And who knows how many of the 38 that the Rays have in camp will get used this year. We know for sure today that uh, we're going to see a, an interesting group of pitchers on the docket, including one Chris Ellis, uh, Stetson Ali, who was mentioned in that interview, is a, a hard thrower. Andrew Kittredge, who, who's worked his way back from health issues. And Hunter Strickland, who, of course, has a lot of major league experience uh, and uh, is coming in as a non-roster guy. So it'll be interesting to see that entire group and how well they perform during this spring training. And then after that, you know, even though you don't have a good spring training, you still have a really good shot to help a, a team like the Rays during the course of the year. Uh, speaking of a guy who's going to help the Rays during the course of the year, I don't think anyone doubts that Nick Anderson is going to play a vital role, and it's nice to have the confidence of bringing back your high-leverage relievers. The Rays have all three high-leverage guys back from a year ago. That's their top three. That's Nick Anderson, Diego Castillo, and Pete Fairbanks. So when we come back to uh, our Countdown to Opening Day show here in Port Charlotte, Florida, we're going to chat with Nick Anderson a little bit about having all three guys back uh, how he was able to prepare for this season coming off the World Series. That and much more. We're getting set for the Rays and Braves. Neil Solon's with you in Port Charlotte, Florida, and we'll continue with Countdown to Opening Day right after this on 95.3 WDAE and AM620. Again, Neil Solon's with you in Port Charlotte. Rays have the majority of their high-leverage relievers back from a year ago, including one Nick Anderson. And I asked Nick uh, this week what going to the World Series last year meant to him. Honestly, just kind of adds to the last couple of years really uh making the big leagues uh getting traded to the rays and being being in the playoff hunt and making the playoffs my first year in the big leagues um i don't know i think it just kind of added to my first year just being such a blur and just getting right into the mix of things you know blending in so to to add on to that last year um i guess the only other thing you could ask for is coming out of the world series on top being champs you know uh his first two years in the big leagues making it to playoffs uh it's it's pretty exciting Uh, especially with this the way the whole 2020 was you know starting up stopping starting back up uh you know and and for the most part and really just thankful to be healthy i know i went on the il obviously for a short little short little time but other than that you know just just making it through and doing our best how hard was last year and how much from that whole experience can help you this year because you are starting the year with some level of COVID protocols that are pretty similar? Uh, you know, I've, I've mentioned it before. It definitely helps. You know, we knew what we were kind of coming into. You know, we, we've had to wear a mask since, you know, March or April last year when COVID, you know, ran rapid, rampant. So at this point, I think everybody's, you know, you're, you're pretty much as used to to wearing a mask as you can be. And, you know, I think everybody is <laughs> is at that level. So, yeah, and, and I think actually we're going to have a little bit more freedom this year as far as, you know, going outdoor dining and, and, and whatnot. So at the time last year, I, you know, I, I try to, you know, think that I can adapt to any any circumstance, any situation. Uh, you know, I, I like to believe personally that I could do that. And after the season was a little bit of a little bit of reflection on on what we all had just went through, and and uh, it definitely can take a little bit of a toll on you. You know, there was a sense there was a sense of freedom after the season. That's for sure. 
how much time did you need off physically before you got picked up a ball again too? Because, you know, you did acknowledge at the end of the World Series you were a little bit fatigued. Yeah, I I, I don't even know what I Honestly, I couldn't even tell you exactly how many days I took off, but it was probably a month and a half, which is, sounds about right to me. I don't have a, a strict regiment in the off-season of exactly when, how many days I take off and pick up a ball. It just kind of whenever I feel like I need to start getting back into it, really. But yeah, I took... I did some stuff uh, around the house, and, and I was doing physical activity for, you know, pretty much right right away when when we got done, but when I went back to Minnesota. But, yeah, picking up a ball was probably, yeah, I want to say middle of December-ish sometime I picked up a ball. And how much communication goes on with you and Kyle and Stan just about your ramp-up? And, and what, do you, what, do you, uh, what is needed for you to get ready? for the regular season in terms of appearances? what What's important for you? Uh, Just kind of getting into games and, and seeing hitters, really. That I think that's the, that's the most important. There, There's definitely open lines of communication with Snides and Stan. I mean, it, it's awesome, really. So probably my, my thing is, is I would rather get into games and face, you know, one hitter, but do that more frequently than... You know, say I get into a game, I face one hitter, have a day off, get back into a game, face one another hitter, day off, maybe get back into a game, face two hitters. You know, something like that because it, it's it's always hard to put as much effort into a bullpen or or even a sim game for that matter than versus getting into an actual game and, and seeing a hitter. So that kind of kind of building up that way. A little bit more than obviously than length, you know, versus throwing a whole inning and maybe having three days off and throwing a whole inning two days off, you know, that kind of build up. So uh, I, I would rather do a little bit more frequency. And I think obviously just with the way uh, where all us bullpen guys are used during the season, I think frequency would, would be beneficial. Certainly makes sense. And some of the guys who were used frequently last year are back. What's the chemistry like between you and, and Pete Fairbanks and Diego, the, the guys who get used in the highest leverage situations? I don't know, just like a normal normal baseball team, really, normal bullpen. Coming back in, spring training started up, it's honestly it feels like we were just, just around each other a month or two ago, you know. It uh, feels like we weren't gone for very long, p- picking up right where we all left off. What did it mean to get – Chaz back here, he signed this week, and then the week before it was announced that I know Ollie has to come back um, from injury, but the fact that Oliver Drake is going to be back with your group again. Absolutely. I think it's huge. A- anytime you can get some veteran guys that have been around for a little while, I think it just adds to it just adds to the depth, um, not, not even just in the bullpen, but, but team-wise, you know, just that presence to have – some older guys around and which this year, I mean, we do Rich Hill, Waka, Strickland's been around too. Like, you know, we added some guys with, uh, that have been around for a little while. So it, it's, uh, it's awesome. It, it'll be awesome once all he gets back to. And, uh, yeah, I know I'm, I'm really excited with, with the, uh, with the group of guys that we have. A lot of the talk from the outside at the beginning of the offseason was who is gone, but you guys have added so many pieces, it seems like there's a really good amount of depth built up. Do you feel the same? 
Yeah, 100 uh, percent. I'm more interested to see how many, you know, we got so many guys that can start and bullpen guys, you know, you can only have so many guys on the roster, <laughs> you know, on, on the team. So I'm interested to see how uh, how it's all going to work out. That that I think is a question that we're all wondering, not because of, you know, the Rays necessarily, but because this is a unique year where teams are going from 60 to 162 games. How much, what's realistic for you in your mind in terms of workload this year? Because I'm sure they're going to monitor everybody. Yeah, uh, it, you know, everybody always say the, the goal is to be healthy, uh, healthy in September and, and October for, for playoffs. So, you know, whatever the workload needs to be is, is I definitely want to make sure that, you know, you're running on as close to full tank of gas as possible in in October. You know, as I say, as possible because it's six months into the season. So I I don't think anybody's ever going to be on full. But you know, kind of kind of however it plays out, I'm sure it'll just be kind of kind of like my first year. You know, whatever I had close to 70 innings my first year. So you know, I, I would I would love to get out there as much as possible like that. For the for the squad and uh, help out that kid. And stuff wise, obviously, you know your fastball breaking ball has been you know really effective. Is there anything you're tinkering with at all in spring training this year, or is it hey, it's worked before? I'm going to keep doing the same thing. Yeah, kind of, it's kind of hard to try to fix something that's not broke. You know, is that analogy is said pretty often so i i do have a change up uh i've been kind of starting to throw it more of more of a feel um just kind of get my get my delivery release point back so i i've i've always said you know we'll see when i end up busting it out during during the season maybe it'll be this year i can't can't make any promises uh, that's Nick Anderson. Certainly an interesting personality. It'll be intriguing to see how the Rays uh, handle his buildup as they do with a lot of the veteran arms during the course of this spring training. And it'll be interesting to see how they use the pitching staff as a whole. Again, this year, you've got a, a 26-man roster instead of the 28 that we had last year. So that's going to be a little bit different, and we'll see how the Rays adjust accordingly. And we certainly appreciate the time of one Nick Anderson on our Countdown to Opening Day show today. And we also appreciate the opportunity to chat with Stan Borowski, the Rays bullpen coach. Now, we've already got a next week's show lined up for you next Saturday and Sunday. You're going to hear from Rodney Linares, the Rays third base coach and infield instructor. And we'll chat with uh, one of the key infielders, the shortstop, Willie Adamas, about the group that they have in place this year. Uh, thanks today to Mark Hayes on site. And also thanks very much uh, as well to uh, our Studios' Derek DuBose uh, and also Reggie Davis. Uh, Dave and Andy will have the play-by-play next. It's our first exhibition game of the 2021 season, the Rays and Braves on the Rays Baseball Network. Thank you for listening to Countdown to Opening Day. Swing line drive, right center. It's a base hit. Kiermaier around third. He scores the tying run. If you missed any of the show, download it at RaysBaseball.com slash radio. And now they've got a cup of third and home. The ball gets away. And it's score Rosarena. The Rays have won. Opening Day will be here before you know it. They're trying to catch him in the outfield and they can't. That has got to be one of the most unlikely endings to a World Series game in the history of baseball. The Rays have won it 8-7 on a base hit by Phillips. For ticket information, visit RaysBaseball.com.